Contrarian, or personally known as Ryan Miller. I invite you to explore my various social destinations, culturalcontrarian.org. Search on Facebook for Culture Contrarian. I also have a Give, Send, Go, where I am sharing information about how to be free and my personal experiences encountering those that have infringed upon my freedom. And I consider freedom and, and liberty a verb. It, it requires action. And um, unfortunately, the mass of humanity has been conditioned, indoctrinated, and propagandized into surrender as a form of compliance to what they assign as authority without regard to the lawfulness of the exercise of that authority. And the only way one can become aware of the limits of the authority is to understand our judicial system, our legal system. And unfortunately for most, that's, that's a, an overwhelming burden. I've been communicating with someone that is dealing with some personal issues in a legal matter and doesn't have the resources to afford an attorney. Not that I would even recommend doing that, but that's where most people go. And when they go upon this investigation of how to do it on their own, they're overwhelmed with these obstacles which require a tremendous amount of reading. And this individual mentioned that they found this resource. It was 200 pages long. And I was like, yeah, I, I get it. That the burden for us to learn is so high and there's so many things that we need to read. We want to skip past go and consume that material and kind of get the, the cliff notes or the modern day parallel to that is the TikTok 30 second version of 200 pages worth of commentary. And that doesn't serve us well. This this desire to have that impulse satisfied is is a detriment to us all. And our public education system is really at the at the root of this and it's enhanced and furthered and complemented by what is happening in our mainstream media and our inability to tease through the truth. So I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here, and, and I'm going to say the real epidemic or pandemic that is affecting all humanity, and I'll include myself in this. I, I don't attempt to separate or isolate myself from the rest of humanity. Just how I my awareness puts an additional burden on myself to understand that I have to break free of the real pandemic and its delusion. Now, let me give you the definition of delusional. Delusional is characterized by holding idiosyncratic beliefs or impressions that are contradicted by reality or rational argument, typically as a symptom of a mental disorder. So teased inside of that broader definition are some important words reality or rational argument what is rational what is real and at the at the foundation of something that is real and rational i defer to what i call immaterial laws which govern a material existence and those are called the laws of logic and things that which contradict the laws of logic used in argumentation are called logical fallacies People have often heard me make reference to a fantastic book, which is designed for children, but honestly, many adults would benefit from reading this book. It's called The Fallacy Detective. When I gave this to my daughter at a young age, 
<laughs> it wound up being a little bit of difficulty because she was able to tease out my faulty reasoning, my logical fallacies in what I was saying for her in order to get her to be influenced to bend to my will. Well, that brought up a very strong young lady, which I'm very proud of, and it also helped train me on how to use my critical communication, critical thinking skills to be logical. And in order for logic to gap, grab a hold, it benefits from standing on an immovable or unmovable foundation for which we could stand and declare something to be true or reveal truth. So I have an objective standard in which I measure things in which I say and things of which upon I do in order to tease out something to be true. Now, I submit that all humans that have a functioning brain, a healthy brain, know this switch between something which is true and something which is not true. And what they do is they often speak upon things which they know not to be true, but they can't acknowledge it because it, it combats with something that they hold close and dear. And we often get sucked into conversations that are illogical, heavily emotional, irrational, irrational, and their people are arguing for the sake of argument to affirm their closely held beliefs, regardless of it being a logical contradiction. So I wanted to share with you a story um, of something that happened during my, my visit up to New England with the passing of my father-in-law. And it was quite remarkable, and it took me some time to go through this experience. But this is related to one of my uh, younger relatives. Uh, she is a direct product of really progressive education. And she's gone into the field of mental health, and she is buying hook, line, and sinker the progressive ideology um, DEI training, training intersectionality. She is very much in what I would call the woke camp. And that is a byproduct of her having her beliefs, her closely held be beliefs being steered in a particular direction and it makes her feel good and she's going to discuss things from that lens. Now, some of you have known that I've had a conversation with this individual in the past that didn't go well relative to a very powerful subject that she's very anchored in, and it's related to pro-choice. And I've shared how that communication went. Well, this was a different different conversation. And I want to share how people think and reason and communicate and the amount of effort that I had to stand on my truth. So we were sitting amongst a whole bunch of people at a a public establishment, and she was sharing with me stories of her recent travels to Spain, a friendship that she established with someone that she told me who was Palestinian, and referring to an experience of this Palestinian person when they were traveling through Jerusalem and going through the Dome of the Rock. Now, for those of you that know that I have some pretty deep study and understanding of world religions, particularly the, the history of Jerusalem and the Dome of the Rock from 
ancient times all the way up to present time. So it's not fair for me to assign her my degree of knowledge. I needed to tease out what her understanding of what where our conversation was going to go. So she shared with me the, uh, a position that she had formed relative to the injustice that is happening in Jerusalem, particularly on the Dome of the Rock. And I was asking her, or she was saying that um, Palestinians are segregated and avoid precluded access to the Dome of the Rock. And I was like, wow, that's, that's quite interesting. So have you been to the Dome of Iraq? No. Okay. Have you, do you understand how the, the temple, the temple mound is managed? Security, who has jurisdiction on the temple mound? No, I don't. Do you understand how it is broken down for different individuals to gain access to the Dome of the Rock? So I, I gave her, I asked her, do you know when, Christians are allowed on the Dome of the Rock and what access they're afforded, where they need to enter and what times. Are you aware of the Jews as to what time they're? Palestinian Jews, Muslims, who controls the security, who controls access? And she didn't know. And she said that, well, her Palestinian friend said that it's very restricted for the Palestinian. And I said, okay, was your Palestinian a Palestinian agnostic, a Palestinian Jew? a Palestinian Christian or a Palestinian Muslim? And she said, oh, he's a Palestinian Muslim. I said, oh, that's very interesting. Okay, good. This is this is very helpful. And she said, well, Ryan, it, it sounds like we're going to come to disagreement with this because I'm, I'm getting a sense that you have a, a different opinion about what's going on at the Temple, temple Mount. And I said, well, that may be the case, but I don't know if you know what the situation is on the Dome of the Rock historically and what it is presently. So I asked her, have you read the Bible? No, no, okay. Have you read the Quran? No. Have you read any of the Hadith of the Quran? No. Have you read Sharia? No. So I said, okay, so, so your reference of this conversation relative to the activities on the Temple Mount come from one person, a Palestinian Muslim, right? I said, okay, well, I'm going to, I don't really want to get into a conversation and sharing my knowledge of what is happening on the, the Temple Mount as to who gets access to the North Gate or the East Gate or the Times or who controls the security, because that's available for you if you wanted to do any research on that. So I don't, want you to I don't want to brain dump on you about that but I do want to ask you something really specific and that is have you ever heard the word takia and she said no, I never heard that before I said would you agree that in a, in the Muslim faith any non-Muslim is called an infidel would you agree that I could state from the Muslim theology and their judicial and legal system that anyone who is non-Muslim is called an infidel. She says, well, I've heard that before, but I'm not sure. I said, okay, I think it'd be good if you did some research and read their documents, read the Hadith, read the Quran, and read the Sharia as to the relationship between Muslims and non-Muslims. Because there's many other words in there which you're familiar with, but you may have a different understanding of them from 
what the text says and their belief structure says versus what is being said in public. So I said that this word tekia comes directly out of their text and it is their calling, their duty on the acceptance and permission and objective on how an, a Muslim is to interact with an infidel. Now you may disagree with it, but I'm telling you what the text says. So if you're going to have any disagreement with me, it's going to be a disagreement because you don't know, you haven't read, or you, you don't want to research. And that's okay. I'm okay with you holding on to something which is based upon one person's statement to you. But I want to tell you the word taqiyya in Islam is the permission and duty to lie to an infidel to advance Islam. So you have no basis as an infidel to discern anything to be true coming out of a Muslim's mouth absent of you being able to hold a captive to their text. She didn't like that statement. And I said, you may, this may be new news to you, but I'm going to say I've read the Bible, I've read the, the Jewish text, I've read the Hadith, many Hadith, not just one, I've read the Quran, and I've read Sharia. And while you may want to disagree with my understanding of the text that I have read, I'm going to challenge you to, instead of rely upon that one individual's claim when they have this tekiah behind them to lie to you, to go to their text. So I don't feel there's a need for us to continue this conversation as to me to validate my learning and study in contrast to what you haven't studied based upon this one individual who's not here that can't defend themselves. So I rapidly brought that conversation to a conclusion and it was done in a loving and a respectful way. But I, I wanted to illustrate this as to her behavior is part and parcel of this delusion pandemic that is across our globe. People are going to consume information that affirms their closely held beliefs. They have no basis for a logical evaluation of information. They will not go to the root and they will, will say whatever needs to be said in order to protect themselves emotionally so it doesn't pierce this, this cognitive di dissonance dome that they have formed to injure their, their closely held beliefs. So when I have previously stated that my foundational view is the premeditated termination of an innocent life is wrong, that is a foundational statement that comes from my worldview, that comes from ancient text, and it comes through time memorial that it is wrong to premeditatedly terminate an innocent life. Now, those words are chosen specifically with care and concern because all of those words something, mean something to me. An innocent life 
is not someone who is in jail who has taken another innocent life. So that person that violated another person is not an innocent person. So there are not many innocent people on this earth. So I use that word on intent, with intention. Now, people will try to differentiate actions against animals against actions against humans. So we do have laws against the termination of an innocent turtle, an innocent bald eagle, and you are penalized for the termination of that particular category of life. And they put rational arguments around that because of the, the um, going extinct. Refer to human life and the premeditated termination of human life. And the arguments generally come down to, in the pro-choice movement, about size, location, degree of development, financial burden, many, many distractions from acknowledging the science of life. And what often happens with people is, depend, regardless, regarding where you are on the spectrum of your particular belief about body, bodily autonomy or dependence, you're going to gravitate to something that is going to you feel strong that you can argue about it, but avoiding the, the science piece. And individuals frequently get distracted by these red herring type of arguments and avoid staying to the core issue of killing a life. And yes, these are uncomfortable things to discuss because we're piercing someone's cognitive dissonance because we all know in our core that killing is wrong. Now, because of some social view, we will lean towards an area of how do we rationalize or justify the act of killing someone. But our core divine spark tells us we know we shouldn't be killing people. We really shouldn't be arguing, justifying this killing of people. And it evokes emotional response, a reaction. And sadly, the emotion is like an interference for our ability to think. And I myself uh, have emotional responses and reactions and things that can trigger me. But as I have matured in my life and my learning, I have developed coping mechanisms. And I just demonstrated one with my daughter not more than 10 minutes ago when I had to pause my broadcast. My daughter was hungry, she's anxious, She's frustrated, and we use the word hangry, and she came down, and she's got some urgent things that need to be get, to, to get accomplished, and this is interfering with her. And she was speaking to me in a way which we would be perceived as being angry, that she was angry at me, and she wanted me to accomplish certain things in a certain way, the way that her mind was organized things. And I knew that she was hungry, and that she was anxious, and that she was frustrated. I knew that, and I could have easily responded to her in an aggressive manner and said, listen, honey, calm down, chill out, get some food in you. I didn't. I deployed one of my coping mechanisms, and I took three deep breaths in through my nose, out through my no mouth, into my nose, out through my mouth, quickly took a couple steps walking around, 
to calm myself so I could meet my daughter where she was and that I could address her emotional response to me. And I did it not in words. I did it with actions. And then I added some words. And she came back to me dad, and she said, Dad, you know, I, it may have sounded angry to you, but I'm not angry. I'm not mad at you. And I said, sweetie, I know you're not. I, I know. That's why I took a couple steps and I said the things that I did because I understood where you were. And I'm glad that you recognize that while someone could hear your words and your actions as being angry, those were just a manifestation of you being anxious and you being hungry and being frustrated. So I, I disconnected a little bit and I stepped away to give you a little bit of room, get some food in your belly. And you apologized to me, which you honestly didn't have to apologize because I knew you weren't. Now, that takes years of skill and training for me personally to not emotionally respond and rise and meet her emotional state. Not an easy thing to do. And we see this play out in the public domain day after day after day after day. We even have memes around it. And there's there's certain video categories that you can watch that my actions, if I were to go into public and film people, is going to be narrated as I'm baiting them because I am putting a piece of smelly fish out for them to grab a hold of and bite it. I was standing on the sidewalk the other day and I was filming things from public and I could hear people in the background chattering, he's filming, he's filming, he's filming everything around. They didn't approach me and I thought, fantastic. That's beautiful because my filming is not doing anything. It's a passive act. And it was good that these people didn't approach me. And then one woman came up to me to interact with me and somebody intervened and said, he's not doing anything, just leave him alone. And I gave that guy a thumbs up and I was like, yeah, amen, man, I'm not doing anything. While you may feel that you are being violated, I didn't violate you. There are cameras everywhere we go in this world. If you don't want to be on a camera, don't step into public. But I don't want to engage people because my way of thinking and reasoning is so intense that I don't have any hope of piercing and managing the world's emotional, delusional, reactionary pain. We are in so need of emotional therapy as a, as a humanity. Very few people are skilled. And on my screensaver, it says, never attempt to reason with unreasonable people. It's a fool's errand. As I shared my story about interacting with my niece, I had to be very calm, logical, and not take it personally, knowing that she was going to be taking my comments personally, and defer to another authoritative source, define what your authority is. Her authority was one individual that she was basing her worldview on what happens at the Dome of the Rock based upon one Palestinian Muslim. My authority came from a whole bunch of different texts and other study reading, and I gave her a couple of pointed words, infidel, takia, and do your own research. Go seek truth or don't and just say that you're going to believe whatever this person said because they're a friend. 
without regard to looking that they can or will lie to you. Humans lie. We're wicked, wretched sacks of goo. And we will say whatever we want to say, whenever we want to say it, in a manner we feel justified in saying it, myself included. I attempt to deploy my coping mechanisms to control what I say. I'm sharing this as a precursor to some videos that I'm hoping to put together and share online about what being free looks like and that we have no understanding of what freedom is. We have been conditioned to live in a world of obedience and compliance. Last evening, I got a text from a friend of mine from Periscope. And I hadn't spoken to him in a long time. And he had a pretty high position within a software company up in New England. And he was terminated because his employer would not accept his religious exemption for taking a um, medical intervention. And they terminated him. And he was denied benefits and had to appeal the benefits, and fortunately he was able to be successful in his appeal. And I shared with him, and I said, Cam, what you experienced is the degree of punishment against you not being compliance to those who represent authority, your employer, following orders, following dictates, following demands, without regard to your constitutional rights. Now, you had an alternate path that you could have gone, but the, the learning and how to do that and stand on that would have taken some time and that nobody was willing to take that time. And I'm, this is just the reality. That amount of learning is overwhelming. So you do what you knew you felt was right and hope for justice, but you weren't prepared for getting the justice in the way that you felt was legitimately deserved, that you had no, there's no lawful basis for you to be terminated. But... How many things that happen against citizens are lawful? That's the rub. We, the people, have no knowledge of our legal system, our justice system, our executive branch, the enforcement, the, the split in our justice system, the reasonableness standard and ignorance of the law is not a defense of the law in the court of law, These, this dual standard, how it is not reasonable for public servants to know the laws that they are to enforce and the additional burden of qualified immunity, that they are immune, they are protected when they do things unlawfully. And it puts a burden on we, the people. And this is a tremendous amount of knowledge and it's what I've been attempting to share with people and say, if you truly want to be a patriot, it's not a protest sign, it's not an email, it's not a phone call, it's not a petition, it's not even a vote. The oath that our public servants have taken is a charade because we, the people, don't know how to hold them accountable to that oath. So it's not about blaming others. Stop blaming the system. Blame your complicitness in how you're making decisions within the system that's around you on your own decision of not knowing how it works. You, you can complain about what it is 
And honestly, all that is is bitching until you take the steps to separate yourself from the system, protect yourself. I don't mean disenfranchise yourself. I mean gain the knowledge of what the system is and make those decisions that when you get pulled over for a traffic citation, traffic infraction, just admit that you're going to surrender. You're going to comply because you're afraid and accept that's who you are because learning how to be free and to stand up for authority is more than you're willing to participate and consume and learn. Again, I am not judging. I'm just pointing out that the delusion is that you want, you have this idea of how things should be in contrast with the way things actually are. I want to help people learn what they truly are and what the relationship is between what they are compared to what you have fabricated to what you think they should be. And that the delta between those two, the gap between the two, is our own decisions, rationalization, and comfort. I've shared the story when I went up to the Harrisburg Capitol to walk through the Capitol building. And I had a little pocket knife on me. And they asked me to surrender my, co- my pocket knife in order to get into the building. And I said, well, how am I going to retrieve my, my um, knife back? And he said, well, you'll have to give us your ID and then we'll give you your knife back. And my wife knows that I don't surrender my ID. And I looked at her and I said, you know what, sweetie? I want to enjoy this time with you inside of here and enjoy the architecture and the paintings and the murals and everything that's inside of here. And I'm just going to shut my pie hole. I'm going to surrender. I'm going to give up. Give up my knife and my ID because today I don't need to fight that battle. And I know cognitively that I surrendered to that authority. Am I upset that I did that? No, because the benefit to me was that I could enjoy that time with my wife. But I'm not going to deny the fact that I actually gave up something. I gave up my Fourth Amendment right to be secure in my person's papers, properties, and effects, absent of unreasonable search and seizure, absent of a warrant. I know I did that. I can't blame them for following their chain of command and their orders and their policies and their duties and responsibilities to ask me. I had an option. My option was not surrender my knife, not surrender my driver's license, and leave the building. And I chose to surrender. I get that I am a total whack whack job and that I understand when I'm standing and I understand when I'm falling to my knees. I want to encourage others to go through their own mental inventory and explore who they really are in contrast to who they claim to be. There are people that walk around with these self-identifying religious monikers to identify what their faith position is. And I'm like, that's meaningless to me. How you identify, you identify as a patriot. I want to see the actions that demonstrate that you are what you claim, a patriot. To me, it requires action, verbs. How are you standing free in the face of those that oppress you? Let me see it. Absent of seeing it, it's no different than you calling yourself a deer, and I see no deer tracks in your yard. Again, 
I am not judging. I'm just being a catalyst for people to do some self-examination, do some reading, do some study, and know who you really are at your core. And then surround yourself with people that will challenge, test, and enable you to grow and disconnect from this cacophony, this orchestra of confusion and delusion and distraction. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, the list is long. It's meaningless drivel of people doing awkward things in public. People smashing pies, putting hot peppers. I mean, the, the distraction is endless. And how much time does it consume as opposed to sitting down and reading a chapter out of 94 Laws book? I've been focusing on the challenges within our education system and trying to empower, equip, and educate people to, to, to be emboldened, empowered in what's happening in, in our education camps, indoctrination camps in, in education. And the overwhelming response is, I want to bitch. I want to complain. And sure, there is a volume to complain about. But what are you actually doing to fix change or to protect your children that are in those institutions? Do you even understand what is required in order to facilitate change? Do you understand all the barriers, the obstacles, the hurdles, the lies, the misrepresentations, the lack of accountability, the lack of transparency of you, these people that have taken an, an oath which is meaningless because you don't hold them accountable to that oath and you don't even know what that looks like? And when you see somebody doing it, such as myself, holding people accountable to the, the, the limits of their authority, and you look at me in the way I'm doing it, you take issue with how I'm doing it in contrast to what you're not doing. You're making a post on Facebook, blah, 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 blah. You should, you should. What are you doing? Sign your petition, send your email, do your right to no law request. Lather, rinse, repeat. Lather, rinse, repeat. There's no plan you're using social solutions for complex business, government silos of protection of plausible deniability with this legal, these legal hurdles that you will never jump through because you've never learned what those obstacles are. I've done countless quizzes and surveys and education to ask people. They won't even click to, to ask themselves the questions. So we are all on a trajectory of decline. We're in financial decline. We're in an energy decline. We're in a civil rights decline. We are in a freedom replacement of obedience. We are slaves on a plantation. And very few people are capable, interested, or willing to leave the plantation. It's just like when Moses evacuated from the Pharaoh and the Israelites on their journey in, in the wasteland were saying, man, this sucks out here. This sucks out here. We don't like it. We had it better under Pharaoh, even though we were being beaten and lashed 
until God kind of chastised him a couple of times, and he always provided and protected. The Israelites preferred to go back to the Pharaoh and live on the slave plantation. History is, repeats itself over and over and over again. We're in the cycle of decline, moral decline, ethical decline, where evil has become good. Well, I've continued on for a while. Look forward to my videos that I'll be posting up on YouTube and maybe a couple up on TikTok. Not that I'm a TikTok fan. And take this information and put it in your intellectual pipe and smoke it. This is Cultural Contrarian on Modern Babylon. Ryan wishing you a good day. Please check me out on my other socials on uh, culturalcontrarian.org. Check me out on YouTube, Facebook. Go to my Gibson Go. This will be more coming. Take care.